Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. It's National Day on Sunday and we thought it was a good excuse to have a chat about the Gibraltarian identity and in particular language, the loss of Spanish, the use of Janito and what it tells us about who we are, where we've come from and where we might be going. But before we do that, our top story today, employees of the Gibraltar bus company started strike action. Buses returned to the base at 12 midday with their display boards reading out of service. Our reporter Katie Docker was there. She spoke to Unite the Union's Sam Hennessy and first to shop steward Douglas Holland. We work, we work a lot of hours, we work many days consecutively, you know, we t- we t- we're taking our children, we're taking our, our elderly, uh, we're taking our workers, you know, and it, it's, it's relentless, it's absolutely relentless, and, 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 you know, for my part, you know, I enjoy it, but I, I want to be fairly rewarded for, for that responsibility. Essentially what you're seeing here is a result of a lot of frustration on, on behalf of members that matters simply haven't progressed as, as we'd have liked to have seen. Um, and the discussions that we had upstairs with the membership uh, in the depot was to explain how the meeting went this morning. Um, they've been fully informed of the state of play. Um, they were had simple options to, to decide upon as a workforce. Are they willing to wait for another meeting to be given some sort of offer or do they feel that they want to take action immediately because they feel that maybe this is a delaying tactic from government or government is simply not um, meeting them halfway on, on the matters that they've, they've raised to us as a membership. Um, the, the vote upstairs was essentially unanimous. Um, that they want to take uh, immediate action, and that's what you're seeing here now. Katie, tell us a little bit, what, what's the latest? That's right, I've just got back. Um, I had a chat with the bus drivers who are now striking. You know, these are people that carry out a public service every day of the year, carrying thousands of passengers, our children, um, our, the disabled members of our community, elderly people, people with dementia, for which uh, I was told that they receive special training, um, dealing with members of the public, and it is a big responsibility. And, and, and these drivers just told me that they feel like they deserve at least equal pay Two other drivers, such as GJBS, who I was told earn £4 an hour more than the bus drivers. Um, they had a meeting with government this morning, which didn't go the way that they wanted it to. They were asked to wait a bit before taking strike action, um, but they've decided that they midday. can't wait any longer. Okay. Uh, in short, no buses are running? or, or No oh. buses are running. I've been receiving reports of people waiting at bus stops, not knowing what's going on. This is going to affect a lot of people, and we haven't reached peak rush hour travel time yet so so let's see on radio gibraltar and on gbc television gibraltar today with jonathan scott national day is just around the corner um uh, what what is unique about the gibraltarian identity for you adriana Oh, well, for me, I think the most thing, unique thing about the Gibraltarian identity is that you cannot just pinpoint it with one thing. Not to say, like, of course, we're British, no, but to say rather that we're English, Scottish, like that terms. No, I think we are made up of so many different um, types of identity and obviously that cultural influence that we have from, from Britain. But also we cannot deny that cultural influence that we've got from, from the close proximity across the border. No? So I think um, uh, that's the most unique thing about um, the Gibraltarian identity. And, and it's there in our names as well, no? Uh, Lopez, Askers, Ruiz, uh, are, are, you know, less British, Scott, Ballantyne would be more, Pereira would be less. <laughs> um, yeah. what, what is the Gibraltarian, when, you, when I say Gibraltarian identity, Jennifer, what, what springs to mind yes. for you? So, so, so um, the, the, the reality is that all communities, all countries believe that 
their identity is unique. It's mm. unique to them. But yeah. that doesn't mean that Gibraltar is unique when compared to any other any other uh, country that is expressing an identity. But also the reality that impacts on Gibraltar that were made from ongoing migrations over a period of more than 300 years from the Mediterranean, North Africa, um, from England certainly and further afield. And that is the same in many other countries. And what we have is a hyphenated identity. So the bigger question is... What, what's hyphenated? What does that mean? Uh, well, like my name is Valentine Pereira and you just said... Okay, sure. That's a hyphenated identity in a way. And, and a hyphenated identity means that you cannot locate your culture or your identity in one place only because we all come uh, from... from from many different parts of the world, mm. across the world. And uh, the reality is as well that identity, be it cultural, not so much national, but cultural identity and linguistic expression is constantly in flux. So the Gibraltarians as we are, who are sitting around this table here today, are a product of external and internal forces that have impacted on how we have shaped our identity. And I think, Kevin, you mm. are now a little bit older than the others Measured around this down. table. Mm. And, and, and even our identity, because we, we, our historical moment may be informed by different things. Yeah. So, and those so in the... What, Sorry if I may, Jennifer, one of the interesting things that, that you said there that I thought uh, that we could pick up on is that it's always in flux, But what, and, and you mentioned linguistic element as being yes. one of the interesting ones, and, and we, yes. we sort of said that at the start. And I think that one of the reasons why, for example, uh, Ryan's um, posts on social media are particularly attention-grabbing is because uh, he has made it a point of doing them in Janito, uh, whereas uh, a lot of the... And, and it's... It's not a formal communication, I guess, although you are trying to communicate history, but it's not sort of, you know, it's not like a, an academic um, piece of writing. But, but at the same time, you are trying to convey serious ideas. And I think for a long time, serious ideas in Gibraltar, uh, a long time, I mean sort of mm -hmm. the past 20 years, should we say, or 30 years, um, have been, serious ideas have been predominantly for English, oh. not for Janito, no? If I may, I think that that's the... Uh, uh, and I was going to say, please, you've all got a lot to say. Just <laughs> don't ask me for permission. Just jump in. Alistair, no? yeah, yeah. But I think, I mean, and Jennifer, um, and we've uh, dealt with many visiting academics who've come here who continue um, looking into our, our linguistic heritage you know, over, over the decades. Um, the high, the low prestige of languages anchored in the political, the, the context of the political as well. For many years, um, if you express yourself in... I mean, it, it's an interesting one where we do attribute a heightened um, prestige to spoken Janito um, in comparison to standard Spanish, um, we do. Yeah. Now? now well, but, 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 but that is problematic because you need exactly. good Spanish to be able to code switch. Exactly. And so there's a tension in the Janita uh, exactly. constantly. Exactly. So it's a very interesting situation as well, especially because of that uh, political scenario, which has been the backdrop of, of, of Gibraltar. For, 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 for centuries, no? What, was, um, it, was it something that you had to consider before starting your social media posts in Janito that m maybe some people would be put off by the use of Spanish words? 
not necessarily, but I think it's quite interesting. Janito, um, verdad, it's how I speak, how I think. Of course, when I've written in an academic sense, I mean, I couldn't have written my thesis in Oxford and Janito. <laughs> it wouldn't have got very far, having written in mixed languages. Pero it is the way I think really we're coming, and I thought it would be a, a fun way to get ideas across, but it is a very, I think, natural way of how we speak here, rather than maybe forcing it in one way or the other. Um, but I think Jennifer Spotton as well talking about the idea of a hyphenated identity, because I think it is tempting almost to look at our identity in a very insular sense, almost in almost exclusive to events that happened around us. Mm -hmm. I mean, I look more to the earlier period, so the 17th, 18th century. Um, and I think when you look back, what it means to be from Gibraltar has changed a lot over the centuries. It's not that, it's not that there's been a big bang moment where they closed the border in 67, sorry, in 69, or the referendum in 67, and boom, the Janita was born. We have centuries of development. So, for example, before 1704, that's something I look at a lot, there was a community here and there is a clear sense of what it meant to be from Gibraltar. You see it in, do in documents, in notarial documents. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you're, you're focusing on what, the, the Catholic, Spanish aspects? So I look more towards the late Spanish period and the early British period. So my favourite eras would be the late 17th century. So when we have ja, sort of the late Spanish period, we have an, a, a very interesting port city hub here on the borders of, of the Habsburg Empire. Um, going into then its transition to an outpost of the British Empire, seeing how basically communities were affected by the British invasion, also how it was before the Anglo-Dutch conquest in 1704. And it's interesting, you do see people describing what Gibraltar meant for them before then. So they would describe in terms of their ties to the land, where they lived here, where they were born here, where their parents were born here. I mean, obviously that could be said for any other place, but it's interesting to see there is a sense, it's not that before 1704 there wasn't an identity, and how that changes after. Um, so one interesting example I came across, there was a priest who stayed here after 1704. His name was Juan Romero de Figueroa. He was like a Gandalf-like figure. He sort of stays to defend the cathedral when the, the Anglo-Dutch invade. And he's like, you shall not pass. You know, you shall not attack this place. Um, and he talks of Gibraltar as his patria. He said, mi patria. So it's a sense of Gibraltar being a homeland. So you already have this early sense. Um, and of course, the Anglo-Dutch invasion really makes it a bit of a cultural paella in a sense. Because you go from not necessarily as a homogeneous society, because you did have different nationalities living because here. Because people had come from, uh, it had been a port city and for many Genoa. years. Yeah. Yeah. There were Genoese in yeah. Gibraltar before um, 1704. You did. You had Genoese, you had French, you had Catalans. It was quite mixed even before 1704. Obviously, after 1704, it gets more diverse because it gets multicultural, multiconfessional as well. You have the arrival of. of For example, the British garrison would have, would have represented different Protestant churches. The arrival of the Jewish community is a very important event as well. The more of a Genoese community, again, develops the linguistic elements. And you see how the locals also try and get on with these, these challenges. So one example is, again, this priest, um, he writes in the register about um, Prince George of Hesse-Darmstadt. Now, he's a key figure in the conquest of Gibraltar and in the early years, the, well, the early period after, shortly after. He calls him El Señor Príncipe de Oneta. Now, you have here, he was German, this priest was local, so Spanish, basically. You have him trying to get to grips of how to pronounce these words. And you see then, basically, this basic clash of cultures, in a sense, and how you get a local sort of community being formed out of this hodgepodge of different communities and languages and religions. And that is something that you see in the, in the long term taking But, place. And no? we still have that. No, we still have the hodgepodge and we still have the, the sort of, you talked about yes, ebbs and yeah. flows. Uh, and uh, I'm sure we can all in our own lives pick out sort of different aspects where uh, Spanish has been more prominent. Uh, an element of Spanish culture has been, as Kevin said, sort of maybe frowned upon for political reasons. Uh, and, and you've got all of these tensions 
tensions contributing mm. to what it means to be a Gibraltarian and, and, and what it means to be a Gibraltarian now, as you were saying, uh, is not necessarily what it meant five years ago or ten years ago. These things are always changing and are always unique to each individual. Uh, and I think that uh, one of the things that Ryan has picked up on, which you said, Dr. Ballantyne, is that uh, to a certain extent, uh, everybody thinks that they're unique. But but if you compare the, the natural thing to, when you're looking at a definition is, I suppose, well, you know, uh, let, let's compare. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, to what extent are we similar to uh, uh, the, the uh, neighbours to the north in, in La Linea and the Campo? Well, For sh- it's, 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 yeah, but 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 I'm not saying that we're not unique. I'm saying that every community will believe themselves to be unique Hello. because you are the product. You know, culture is a construct and it, 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 it is built around everything that's around your internal forces. For Gibraltar, it's about positionality. Yeah. It's about geography. It's about time and space. And we are a unique product of that. Yeah. And and in Spanish times... Um, so, so, yeah, what you're mentioning um, about, about uh, pre-1704, Gibraltar was not highly populated, but Gibraltar was also uh, uh, almost like a quarantine place for redemptionists. So a lot of the churches were redemptionist churches and uh, those Catholics, mostly Spanish, who had been kidnapped in North Africa once they were released and the ransom paid, they'd have to spend a stint in Gibraltar to be cleansed before they were permitted to then go into the hinterland. So Gibraltar has a, a very particular... Uh, yeah, yeah, because they were unclean. They'd been around, um, as you would refer to then infidels, but this yeah. isn't a Muslim community where, where this was not Roman Catholic. Yeah. So there's that. So that, that is a unique factor. Mm. Um, but it's, it's positionality completely and utterly. And once the British, uh, the Anglo-Dutch forces take Gibraltar and you have then the British uh, by treaty situation after 1713, well, that is also quite unique because this is... Uh, a British colony then, um, and a garrison, in in one of the major gateways of the world. And, yeah, and, and and that continues, and that strategic point, and, yes. and and is going to play a very big part in 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 the Gibraltarian identity. I think uh, in, in the coming years, as as we resolve this uh, issue of uh, our future relationship with the European Union, we're going to have to press pause uh, on this live uh, discussion. Thank you if you've sent in messages uh, talking about Gibraltarian identity and language. Uh, We had John getting in touch. Do we in Gibraltar know how to speak Spanish or is it Llanito? Uh, He says, is the pronunciation when learning a language important? Um, Adriana, I want to bring you in for this one. Okay, so um, when speaking a language, obviously pronunciation is important, no? Um, but sorry, what was the link that he made? Whether do, do we know how to speak Spanish properly in Gibraltar or do we know how to speak Janito? Okay, so also that is not a blanket answer because it, it's down to the individual, no, as well. You can maybe sort of say like generationally, the older generation speaks more Spanish, but that's not to say that the younger generation doesn't speak Spanish. And then at the same time, it depends what we consider the Janito, no? Because as we were discussing before, it's not necessarily an official language that with its rules and everything written down. So again, it depends what type of Janito you're speaking. Um, but I think on uh, not not on an academic note, but more of like a personal pride thing, no? I would say that well, yes, people that can speak Janito do speak Spanish. 
But at the same time, I sometimes make the distinction of like, well, actually, I speak three languages, English, Spanish and Janito, because they are absolutely not the same thing. So... Okay, um, let's uh, let's bring in Yalta, who had something to say uh, about the erosion of Spanish language and, and with a cultural reference. I teach dance, and my kids love reggaeton and all that stuff, and they sing out loud, but they don't speak a word of it. So I keep telling loads of people, because I've been working for 30 years with teenagers and young people, and like there's a shift, you know, and now it's like, I don't understand, you know, they're just singing away all these Spanish songs, but they don't speak. Actually, they don't even understand Spanish. So there's a cultural connection. So that's not the problem. That's something people don't know because maybe they don't work with young people. So Yalta thinks that there is still a cultural connection, but but that the understanding of the language is less than what it used to be. Uh, I don't know if, it, as, as I said earlier, please just uh, chime in whenever yeah. whenever you want to. Uh, uh, Karen and I, we were, we were all talking about mm-hmm. this a little while ago, and it's about, and I think it's, Adriana, what you've just said, it's about uh, the level of English or Spanish that anyone who's code-switching may have. And Gibraltar, certainly since 1944, when you have a state run education in English in Gibraltar. This is um, prior, prior in Spanish. Uh, yeah. Yes. And education was in Spanish before that. Before then, uh, mostly church-driven yeah. with Spanish priests. And and this is a huge transformative move. And if you'd like to attach the culture to it, the education system was also designed to inculcate uh, imperial cultural mm. values. So it's not just about language. And Yalta mentions culture and think this is important. Language does not exist on its own. The values, the cultural values accompany them. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I see Gibraltar now, and I, and I think a few years ago for the Bordering on Britishness project, I interviewed um, over a period of weeks um, Bayside and Westside uh, students at that A-level cusp and and I, you know, I went in and I said, oh, can you guys speak English and Spanish? They all said yes. And I said, OK, you're fine if I talk to you in Spanish then. And they panicked. They panic, yeah, they do. Yeah, because they said, no, no, please, in English. And then I said, OK, what if we code switch? What will happen next? And they said, and this is it all dependent on how much Spanish or English you have to be able to code switch. And they said, yes, we can code switch. So if we go to Spain, for example, and we can talk a little bit of Spanish, so we can get a taxi, we can get the bus, we can order food, we can say where's the discotheque. Functional. Functional, touristic type of, of, mm-hmm. of language usage. But can they discuss Garcia Lorca? Of course not, yes, unless they've done A-level Spanish. Mm. <laughs> well, maybe, that's right. Yeah, yes. yeah, and then they would have had to. So, so this is it. And I think that Kevin made an interesting point earlier, just harking back on education. Um, if we're prioritizing Janito as something that is Gibraltarian, and I get it, we have gotten by to communicate in what is a border community with a British presence in English and in Spanish, you code switch and you communicate. But when an education system is driving us all towards English only speaking, and English is a very clever language, it's known linguistically as a language killer. Mm. It will kill all other languages (laughs) and it would be predominant. so if we're not teaching Spanish at Gibraltar schools, then that code switching will find a natural mm. death. We're teaching uh, Spanish, but what you mean is like... As a first language as well as English as a first language, both as first language to achieve bilinguality in, 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 as we would consider, grammatically, huh? and, and then you can code switch um, mm. to your heart's content in, in a fuller way. And also importantly, Janito, over... 
centuries, over the many, many years. I mean, Janito has been a bridge linguistic situation mm-hmm. in Gibraltar. We've had a hodgepodge of many communities, mm-hmm. all speaking different languages. Mm-hmm. Few words survive nowadays in spoken Janito, everyday Janito, and we're losing them. Yeah. We, we are aware of them and we might even use them. I use a lot of them because of my exposure in, in my growing up. But Janito is a bridge language which bridged the many sub-communities which lived in Gibraltar at the time. And, for example, el escribano. You wouldn't say that in Spanish. It comes from escribano. Describe. And we have words like pompa, where we corrupt as well. La bomba de agua. It's not la pompa de agua. We have la calamita, which is, again, Genoese. And all these words, they're still peppered um, in, in Janito, or at least those of a certain age. I think 40 plus. But, you, but, but that vocabulary is, is, is lost because yes, these are not terms yep, that we yep, use yep. in our everyday. Well, and the necessity um, to have a bridge means of communication because, again, English as well, the globalization, the universality of English, English has become more predominant, the education system, all the different elements as well. Um, so English is really the now internet, the bridge. It's globalization. That's what Guillermo said. He says, I believe that satellites, television oh, yeah. and media is largely to blame yeah. for people in Gibraltar speaking only in English and he says, and often using American terms. Yes. Yes. We hear that. Yes. We discuss this often. And, can... uh, but we see the American accent now in our in our youth, though, and I always say I can't I can't say it, but the here and all those different intonations. And importantly, um, when we speak English, those of a certain generation, no, we do tend to allow the Spanish elements of our or the spoken elements, the the spoken elements of the traits of Spanish to creep into our spoken English. Mm. English is spoken in a softer tone of voice, slower pace. The Janito of a certain age will speak a faster-paced English. We mm. round and erode the words because that's what you do in the spoken variety of our Spanish, comparable to Andalusian and all these different linguistic phenomena we've exported, imported into spoken Janito as well and our English. I, I, and do you know what we haven't mentioned though? Because we talk about Janito and the Gibraltarianness that 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 this um, emphasizes. Um, us being British. Uh, is important as well because that has also led to in La Línea uh, a, yes. a, a different type of linguistic expression. Exactly. So it works both ways. Both ways. It's yes. not only yeah. in isolation. I, I, I was listening to, to a Spanish pod- podcast um, coincidentally <laughs> yesterday, and and, uh, and 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 they used the word fifty-fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like to, to to describe something which was, mm-hmm. you know, could go either way or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, language does sort of, well, you know, yeah, uh, permeate. Like even in Spanish or in Catalan, not um, parking, parking. It's it's yeah, yeah, so yeah. these not not aparcamiento. No, no, no. In 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 Catalan, it's parking with a Q. So it's interesting to see how those words are being like transported out. No, and I think it's also very interesting to think where is Janito going to be in twenty, thirty years time because of this lack of speaking Spanish in. The community, yeah. you know, and eventually, will we see? The, I, I do, hopefully, I don't think we'll see the Janito necessarily die out. Because, for example, myself and Ryan, we do have quite a good grasp on the Spanish yeah. language, and yeah, and and we are very happy, um, and you know, we're always parading that Gibraltarian flag. So, in that sense, of course, I know that there are people still interested. But it's what we were saying: there are children in our community that literally so, so, do not understand Spanish. So, so, Ryan and Adriana, then you guys uh, as the younger members of this discussion now, uh, you can separate what, what what is the Spanish language from the political situation with Spain, the country. And for you, speaking Spanish in no way 
is a comment on your Gibraltarian identity in a negative way. I would go as far as to say that it would be a disadvantage to us to lose 100%, the Spanish. 100%. And I can put one example. So I did a master's in Barcelona and it was actually in Spanish. I went into the master's thinking that I had the most amazing grip on the Spanish language until I got there in September, as usually the course starts in a September, and I realized that I was really quite out of my my comfort zone, zone. Mm-hmm. so it took me actually a couple of months and sitting down with my teachers and doing a lot of work in written and, and spoken um spanish to to be able to develop that how brave but, of you to, to take it on to take on the challenge see i in hindsight i don't know if i would have been as brave now to do that but for some reason oh, i did that when you're younger you're braver exactly we got we got through the course and 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 i can say that by the end of it my spanish had improved tenfold but and the doors that then that has been able to open um professionally is 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 incredible so anyone who's thinking that speaking spanish is actually a detrimental to your identity i mean you're only shooting yourself in the foot right. in my opinion we have as a community for many 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 years and and um, there, there was a particular shame attributed to janito as well when anyone who spoke spanish janito you were less english well you were less british you were less gibraltarian it was a low prestige well, exactly, language low prestige but for language. many different reasons yeah 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 the political obviously being mm-hmm. yeah no, no, i think i was thinking it is a huge disadvantage to basically dis spanish as it were um, because, I mean, from studying as well, Spanish was key to, I mean, I've looked at Spain as part of my studies. I mean, but I would have to do other languages, Latin, for example. Knowing Spanish was a huge advantage exactly. for Latin, Italian, yeah. Portuguese, so on and so forth. It was, it was very useful. Mm. Um, and I think it would be very much a huge loss if we just abandon speaking Spanish completely for political reasons. I've got a question uh, maybe yeah. you can take if you want, Ryan, from uh, Wilfred. He says, are words like venemo or semo? accepted as Janito language or can they also just be seen as bad Spanish? I guess Janito to a point is what you make of it. Semo, it's somos, venemo, venimos, they're actually corruptions of Castilian Spanish but they're perfectly accepted, especially because they belong to the Cadiz variant of Andalusian, because even in Andalusian, the different provinces have their own linguistic phenomena. And Semos particularly, which we use a lot here in Gibraltar to this day, Semos is... Semos lo mejores. Yeah, Semos lo mejores. <laughs> Semos number one. Semos number one is what we say, no? That's completely acceptable in Cadiz, the Cadiz variant of Spanish. So it's perfectly acceptable, of course, in, 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 in Janito, no? Most definitely. Y quiero decir una cosita, because um, many people like um, criticize or um, reggaeton. It's hated by many, yeah. but I like to observe, especially the younger people, y me encanta to see the younger people, which have the new knowledge increíble, me encanta, I've, I've uh, um, interrelated with you over the years a lot, y me encanta, y tell you what, una palabra de en favor reggaeton, eh? because it is now allowing um, a new contact situation with Spanish, for our, for our younger people. They're very much into reggaeton. We've got a local artist now, a young person yeah. doing reggaeton. And tell you what, it's opened Janito Spanish to a whole new generation. So reggaeton, I don't know what you might think of it musically, but linguistically okay. it's important. On that, uh, on, on that note, we're, we're about to wrap up. Can I ask you for literally like a, a closing thought, Cortito, <laughs> each? Who wants to go first? Not me. Not Adriana. <laughs> Ryan. Ryan, what are you, how are you going to continue to champion Janito in, in, in what you do in your life? <laughs> well, I mean, Janito is something I use every day. Um, but following on from the historical discussions earlier, I do like to see 
um, local identity in, in the long durée, as it were, using historical term, and looking in terms of the bigger context, um, I think it's important we continue exploring not just where we're going, but where we've come from. I think that's something we, obviously we don't look at enough. Um, going back to the historical trends before the political upheaval of the 20th century, um, to better understand, I think, where we've come from as a people and to extend where we're going. Eso no lo sabe nadie. Yeah. Where no. we're going. Well, bueno, it's where we're going. It's, uh... it's the big unknown. Adivina, adivinanza. Jennifer. Briefly then. Uh, for me, I'm always intrigued by Janito. Uh, like you, Adriana, I went to university to, and I learned Spanish there because I felt at a great disadvantage. Um, and I code switch. But I, I, I would like to just see the relationship between Janito as a linguistic register and Gibraltarianness. And what does this mean and how does this dovetail with, with, with our identity? Okay, uh, Adriana or Kevin, who wants to go next? Um, yeah, I would say that I think we are extremely unique, even though everyone would think that they're unique, as Jennifer was discussing before. But I think we must really do everything in our in our power to make sure that that Janitoness is not lost in our community. And also, what Ryan said about learning from our history, we've actually got an exhibition opening on the 60th anniversary since we first went to United Nations. So I think really understanding where we've come from up to now, because it's not to say we've got challenges like Brexit and I think like that will be able to really inform us where we're going and how we can protect that Janita identity as best as possible. And if I may very quickly, Jonathan, as a broadcaster working here at GBC, for example, um, language is all about people wanting to communicate messages, people wanting to be understood, which we forget, people wanting to be understood. So here at GBC, we'll continue to listen to those stories. However people want to express themselves, Janito, Mexican more English, Heightened Spanish, lo que quieran, because the important thing is about people being understood. As a, as a national broadcaster, we have a duty to listen to those stories and delivering those messages. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.